final battle begin. We won't surrender. We make our last stand. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Get tickets now. Hello and welcome to Force Time. My name is Travis. And Nick. Today we are going to be analyzing The Rise of Skywalker. We have broken this up into sections on specific things we want to discuss today. And we will kind of walk through those as we go along. Obvious uh, spoiler warning for anyone that hasn't seen the new movie. Um, We will be getting heavily into spoilers right from the get-go. I'm up to seeing the movie. I've seen it five times now. Nick has seen it twice. The other day we took our kids to the MX4D showing, which was a lot of fun. I think that was your first MX4D movie. Is that right? Yeah, that wasn't little kid oriented. Yes, correct. And what do you think about the whole experience? That was good. Uh, I thought there'd be more, uh, more feeling, more heat. Or uh, I think we got uh, one tiny water splash of the whole movie. And it wasn't even what I was expecting it to happen. Like well, I would expect it to happen right when Ray was or uh, Kylo was walking through that water on the Death Star. Uh, but it wasn't that part. It was like a little bit later. Uh, and then we got like a smell when the Millennium Falcon tr- cra- uh, crashed, and then we got another smell when Ray was training on the planet, kind of like a ferny smell. So I'd, I'd like a little more sensory, but I, I liked the seats moving. I felt t- a couple times I felt like I was going to fall out of my seat, uh, so I enjoyed it. Wish there was more. It was fun. Definitely recommend it for a second viewing or later instead of that first one because it's pretty uh, pretty distracting, I guess you could say. So I was very disappointed that we weren't absolutely drenched during the Death Star battle. But yeah, I think it squirted a little bit of water, but then I felt my face and it didn't feel wet either. So it felt wet when it came out. But yeah, it was fun. The, our, at least my kids loved it. Uh, we took both both kids and my wife went and yeah it was a lot of fun it was almost like a, a two and a half hour star tours pretty much is what kind of what it felt like I was i don't know if it was indeed but i felt it when the towards the end when they're on exegol like i felt really cold so i don't know if the theater got cold for that but i did feel cold through that whole portion of the movie that was just the Sith coming through the <laughs> coming through the screen <laughs> to make it actually cold in the theater. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we've seen it a few more times uh, since our initial reactions. Uh, so we will uh, go ahead and get started. And we're going to start with favorite parts of the movie. Nick, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure. Obviously... I like the movie as a whole. Uh, it's an entertaining movie, fast-paced. Uh, so there's a lot of things that I like about it. I enjoyed Ray's training sequence uh, early on. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, her calling Leia master. I, I don't know why. That That's something that just kind of stuck with me. Uh, so that's early on in the movie. I really, really enjoy that part. I think Chewie's performance in the whole movie really got me. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters. Um, side note, hope they do Solo 2 to expand on that relationship between him and Han. But I love Chewie. Chewie's reaction when he found out that Leia was dead was more emotional to me than what his reaction to when Han died, which I thought it would kind of be reversed. You know, Obviously, he was upset and he shot Kylo um, with his bowcaster, but... His reaction to Leia being dead was almost, you know, like just kind of gut wrenching to me. 
uh, I think to a lot of fans too because everyone loves you know their general or their princess that was brutal for sure that five for five making me cry on that chewy kind of bending over yeah I can't get you know can't get the strength to even stand up that part with Leia that that was definitely heart-wrenching the scene, you know, I, I liked Lando's appearance again. I, li- I liked uh, Lando in the whole movie. Obviously, the, the, the original trilogy, uh, it means a lot to me. So seeing all those characters back, you know, just kind of all the heartwarming moments. I liked Lando's portrayal, or um, Billy Dee's portrayal of Lando. I thought that's what he would be like now. I thought he nailed it. So every time I saw Lando, I really enjoyed it. The scene where they go to the Death Star, I think that whole scene is shot gorgeously. Just the... The fight scene was good. Um, the interaction between them two, uh, Ray and Kylo, awesome as well. I really, my, I guess my favorite part, and, that, and I've heard a lot of people say that it's not theirs, but uh, Luke and Leia training. I thought that was, even though it was a small snippet, and even though there was a rumored leak before that that was going to happen, I still really enjoyed it when I saw it, just because you know, just obviously that just means a lot to me uh, to see that relationship. You know, her take the Jedi. Or, learn the ways of the force and what she saw and how she backed out of it and chose the way that she chose what she chose or the path that she chose and then on a kind of a weird note i, I really enjoyed the uh, the minions of sith in in the back of exegol because i feel like that this opens up doors to other things in the future and i liked a lot more things this is just like off the you know top of my head i if, I'm, if I remember collecting the visual dictionary or something else, two of those groups are named, and one of them is named after former Darths, and I can't remember out the top of my head. I wish I had that information right now. So I think it opens up more, I think, for Sith or uh, maybe when they ever do a KOTOR movie. I don't know. Uh, but I really just kind of liked that. I always wanted more Sith. You know, we always got so many more Jedi, and uh, I wish they would have done something, but this kind of part I enjoyed. Silly part. Sith Arena was definitely an interesting concept and interesting thought, but yeah, I was I thought that was really well done. My favorite parts, Ray going to the Death Star, just that entire confrontation with with Kylo Ren, and even before that, when she goes in and sees Dark Ray, and you know she comes out, Kylo gets the Wayfinder, and you know she gets upset and gives that line of you know just give it to me and then his look the look on his face is every time gets me it's just that kind of dejected like really like are we gonna we're doing this again like you know how many times do i have to try to convince you to come with me and and then they start battling and at first kylo's just you know on the defensive doesn't even have his lightsaber out then he pulls it out and then they both do that jump and that jump just like took me back to the prequels where they're you know all the force powers that we see from the jedi and even a little bit in empire you know when luke you know obviously he's jumping up but out of the carbonite chamber uh, so that kind of took me back there as well. And then just outside on the Death Star, in the rain, kind of that contrast to the battle with with Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar just, just was so good. That whole lightsaber battle, the jumping, the long force jumps through the water, and to get to kind of that other side where, uh, you know, Finn and Jaina can't get to, just those long jumps and then how they come down on their knee, like that, that just stuck with me. The line of, I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand from Ray, I thought that was really, really well done. And then, yeah, the whole Han and Ben moment right there when I, that that scene, I think, is the 
best scene probably in the movie uh we're getting to see you know ben finally come back around and you know he has that line of i know know what i have to do but i don't know if i have the strength to do it and then han says you do and then he chucks the saber i think that was that moment i'm glad that they got some little bit of closure there uh with with han and and ben to kind of start his redemption so i had a ton of other favorite parts i mean there's a lot to like in this movie but yeah those are those are probably my favorite the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural all right now we're going to talk about the return of the emperor uh, palpatine of darth sidious whatever you want to call him we hit the ground running right from the beginning when kylo ren you know gets to exegol and it's just right there he's in our face looking extra extra creepy he's got those dead eyes hooked up to something uh, we don't really know what's going on we get to his lair and or whatever you want to call it the arena or you know i guess it's kind of underground so i guess it's his lair and uh we get the confrontation with him and kylo ren how did you feel about them just kind of throwing us into the palpatine is back you know right from the beginning not going to really explain it other than you know his 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 line of dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities can some consider unnatural how did you feel about getting thrown right into it and he's just back uh, yeah this this part i have the most so far i have a lot of trouble with um it was just like you know the first line of the crawl you know a, a message has been sent that palpatine's back and um i just it just I was like i was so enthralled with with when we first saw it from seeing all the movies in a row and just being super excited like you always are with the movie you really want to see uh, it just like smashed in your face. Uh, like, by the way, Palpatine's back. And then it made me think about all the stuff beforehand. Like, you know, okay, so what was the purpose of all this? Uh, what was the perver- what was the purpose of the Chosen One prophecy? The Chosen One prophecy was was for him to come destroy all the Jedi, then come back and save his son, destroy the Emperor, and then thirty something years later, forty years later, whatever it is it's he's back um it's not much of a prophecy and he's just back just because that's yeah. the dark side and i'm i'm, I'm okay with it because yeah there's a lot of unexplained things in star wars but yeah I, I feel like there was going to be it seemed like there sh- i don't know if should have it's the right thing to say but was going to possibly be more to that story on how he's back or just a little bit of something but uh yeah we get thrown into it he's back uh and then on top of that we get the he's also been the one manipulating kylo ren all this time and that's just kind of thrown in as well and yeah yeah they have the you know i've been every voice inside your head uh line as well and that was kind of cool to hear snoke and darth vader but yeah then you start thinking about okay well snoke was just created and then we get the jar of jar of snokes the jar of just naked snokes uh that he has just created why does he have more snokes uh i how'd you feel about the jar of snokes uh yeah, this is another thing. It it doesn't like it doesn't make sense. Like, and maybe they'll explain it more in the Kylo Ren comics. You know, like obviously they've made a point to have Snoke be uh, this ever presence presence in his mind or how he helped turn him. I mean, that's what Luke says to him in the Last Jedi. 
or Luke says to Ray when he's explaining why he did it. Uh, you know, Hans mentioned it was Snoke that t- turned our son. It was Leia mentioned it was Snoke. You know, that it was all this focus was on Snoke. Then you have that throne room, throne room scene, and um, when he when she goes and confronts him, and he's you know he shocks her through the floor, and you know has all this force ability. So this is Palpatine the whole time doing this. So. He's basically doing a force projection, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, seeing that and how long was he planning to use these Snokes and how many was this going to keep going every time he got killed? Uh, I, I I couldn't I couldn't help but laugh just a little bit because for the past I guess before the last Jedi came out, the question that a lot of people wanted answered was what's Snoke's backstory, and I was never in that boat. I honestly just didn't care what his backstory was i just thought he's the new big bad and you know i was was okay with that and so after what four years of people wanting snoke's backstory we got it in the form of multiple snokes just being in jars and yeah palpatine being the one that somehow created these and created them already with scars and things just to look creepy and and just kind of threw them in so but the whole thing like even ryan johnson was like your snoke theory sucks like that was a whole driving force well i'm i'm sorry but the way you portrayed snoke sucks like that that's how i feel like and now like he was nothing you're i don't know It, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't i mean it was like all right we he killed snoke in last jedi now what do we got to do? We got to find another. Oh, it's always been been about Palpatine. Let's bring Palpatine back, and you know, I I don't know. I I wasn't as sour on it. I yeah. I it doesn't really take anything away from the previous movies for me, or um, you know that it was Snoke. That it was Snoke. Um, but yeah, I did find it pretty funny that there's just a jar of snokes uh, just just hanging out so so yeah we see palpatine back he's just back uh he's got the super dead eyes uh his fingers are all messed up i know my daughter was very scared uh, the first time seeing it on that part and found ways to distract herself because it was super creepy uh and then yeah the lair with the sith and the chants and were they ghosts were they people were they old sith were they just fans of palpatine uh i don't i'm sure at some point we'll know but yeah it just seemed uh it was it was a cool setting it was very dark i did not expect this movie to be so dark and i felt like a majority especially the big scenes were just dark and then at the end that whole scene it was just blue and black you know hues where it was kind of uh it didn't it didn't feel like the ending of a saga it kind of felt like a middle chapter a little bit there too um but yeah palpatine he's back we're calling him palpatine he's not the emperor and at the end and maybe and you've seen it more times than i have and we had probably even talked should have talked more about it but so his plan when he first meets Kylo is to for him to kill her. And then then you find out it's all about getting to her because it's his granddaughter. She's going to take the the throne as the empress um but not really because his spirit's going to be inside her. She's basically going to be a Snoke kind of. That's his plan. He's going to be inside her and all the Sith, you know, all those the prior Sith legions. And so, but then is his whole plan the whole time to get those two together, or does he just realize that dyad of the force right at that moment to usurp all that power from them? That's another thing I was 
confused about is that he has three different plans is he knows Kylo's not going to do it and he's going to turn that's his initial reaction I, I don't know that's I think he always wanted her alive and he told Kylo Ren to kill her knowing that he wouldn't be able to because honestly I think and how I've always read the Ray Kylo relationship is that they they're just they're kind of they're just equals basically in the force and so uh you know the only way that one of them is going to kill the other is going to be something like Leia throwing a wrench into his plans which he which he brings up because before that the fight they were just going at it and honestly kylo was kind of had the upper hand but they were just fighting and nothing was happening yeah and and nothing was happening they weren't gonna beat each other and then leia you know sacrificed herself and that's how it happened and that threw a wrench and his plans he says but did it or did that work to his advantage because yeah, then she healed him yeah it i know he's a master manipulator but he had like six different plots of way this thing could go and he could still yeah you know, that's i think that's i think that's the problem with a lot of this movie is that a lot of things could be interpreted so many different ways and yeah what did he know what didn't he know what did luke and leia know it's yeah there's there's a lot of they're not even plot holes you can't call them plot holes but they're just loose threads almost where it's like what you know obviously he wanted her there but what was uh, was it just to get Kylo away from him or distract him so he didn't, you know, so he trusted him? I, I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was all, all a little confusing. <laughs> Even seeing it five times now, it's, uh, yeah, it's clear that he wanted her there, uh, and maybe you know he was using Kylo to stoke that hate more, you know, in Ray and having Kylo go against her again would, would you know maybe she would kill him and feel that hate and then she'd turn and then she'd she'd want to continue hating so i don't know uh very yeah a lot of different a lot of different ways that could go the and that'll lead right actually into our next section of uh ray palpatine classified really me too big secret okay so we are going to talk about ray being a palpatine and how that's played out, what we thought about it. Uh, I know for me, still, I don't know if I like it. I probably will never really like it, but it, it's a thing. And I listen to Blast Points podcast, and, and if you listen to podcasts, you should definitely check them out. One of the best out there. Uh, but they put it very succinctly and said, it's a thing now. And that's kind of how I feel is, it's a thing now. It's part of the canon. Like it's real. So uh, I guess I'll have to get over it. Uh, I I was always on the Ray Nobody train and thought that that was you know that told a better story. I was <laughs> the first time seeing it, and he said, you know, you're his granddaughter. You're a Palpatine. I just kind of rolled my eyes, laughed a little bit. Like really, is this actually happening? Because you read all these theories for so long and then you see that it's an actual thing and it feels like it was just kind of thrown in there how they did it but yeah I, that's that was my first reaction and and yeah i guess it's it's a it's a thing now and you know i i felt a little bit better after seeing it with my wife who watches the star wars movies but isn't involved in fandom and doesn't watch the movies a lot uh doesn't get you know too involved like 
like I do. And but she to her, she said, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And she had no problem with it at all. So maybe I was too invested in Star Wars. Maybe I was too invested in Ray Nobody and how the story had played out. But it was just such a such a major shift in the third episode of this trilogy that maybe that's why it's harder to come around on too but yeah what what are your thoughts now after seeing it another time on on ray being a palpatine like you i just i just hate the way that it was introduced it was just like you know like it was just dropped there was no there was no dramatic moment to it i mean it was almost like let's try to get you know luke i'm your father moment uh, uh no i'm your father uh, but that like that reveal obviously you can't really top that cinematic reveal but uh it felt just so forced now i remember <clears throat> back when uh, force awaken came out that, that 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 theory did come out based on their fighting styles that she was a palpatine so i mean like it's not like i didn't ever hear that theory but then it was almost like i was it, once we saw the you know the last Jedi came out, I was fine with the aspect of it being her being nobody. I get that, and then there was also the pushback on that: is how can she be a nobody and have all these abilities and you know, and not even being this most powerful Jedi ever? You know, training less times than Luke. So I was okay with that, and then I, that's where I was kind of going with it. And then when they dropped it on you, it's like, okay, so now I'm like going back to Last Jedi when Snoke purposely put their minds together so they could link together so if palpatine was snoke the whole time i don't know it just it just felt like we would have sensed it there or you know that's that's when kylo was talking to her and say your family you're you're you were drunk or you're uh junkers you were sold for you know booze money or whatever it was i can't remember what it was but yeah it just felt it just felt rushed and no climatic reveal yeah all right it's very anticlimactic. uh i don't know it's, it, that's yeah it no. is what it is and i'll deal with it you know um but okay so now she had a side chick and uh you know had a son where was his son uh, all of a sudden this side story becomes a little bit more interesting which i'm assuming we'll find out more about it, it, why did he pass his son up the son obviously d- just didn't want anything to do with him uh i don't know it just it just seemed it creates so many questions. It has you in the theater there, literally doing the math in your head. How is, you know, when did this happen? How old's his son? That's one of the things that's like, that was the first question I got from my brother-in-law, actually, after we got out. He goes, so when did Palpatine have a son? I said, that's a great question, because after the movie, I was like, okay, hit me with any questions. You know, I'm the Star Wars guy in our family. I was like, let me know. I'll try to answer whatever. That was the first question. I, I didn't have an answer. I was like, I... I don't know. I, it happened. Uh, it serves the story, you know. And they tried to make it a little bit better by saying, you know, Kylo Ren's mother was the son of Darth Vader, and Ray's father was the son of, you know, Palpatine. And that's a really good concept, and that's a really like interesting concept. And I think that would have been just so much more interesting to actually explore throughout three movies instead of half a movie. Because yeah, that having offspring of you know anakin skywalker and the emperor you know although it might be a little bit repetitive it that is a really interesting story it's just not what we were told in the first two so i don't know it's it's taken me a while to come around on it i know that immediately a lot of people were just kind of dismissing ray and like almost playing into that well she's a palpatine so that's you know why she's done all this stuff almost dehumanizing her a little bit just because of her bloodline which is kind of the point you know, Luke makes not to do, but you know, I think 
part of it also is the point that she felt dehumanized you know once she got that she was like oh well that's i'm not a nobody i i'm a palpatine like that that defines her you know immediately we don't get to see that though with ray we don't get to see her really react or how she feels all that she feels is that she wants to kill palpatine right away because he killed her parents and that's really all we get on her dealing with that so we don't get to see her really deal with you know, I'm a Palpatine. What does that mean? Does it matter? You know, we see it a little bit when she talks to Luke, but I don't know. It was definitely rushed. I, I watched the Harry Potter movies over the weekend with my wife. We knocked all of them out as the first time. And this Dumbledore quote stuck with me. And, and I kind of applied that to this situation just to make myself feel better about Ray and kind of, you know, what her story is, but it's the, it is not your abilities that show what we truly are is our choices and that that to me was ray's story throughout but that's not what we were led to believe in the first two movies so that was that was tough but helping me come come around but she's made you know her choices she saved ben solo twice pretty much in this movie you know first by literally saving him after she stabbed him with the lightsaber and you know healing his wound and then you know at the end of the movie giving him his her lightsaber and we'll get into that a little bit later but she you know those choices are you know what really what rose talks about in the last jedi it's not about you know fighting what we hate but saving what we love and so i thought that was that was good with with ray's character but yeah that the ending moment with palpatine where she's really confronted with it that that moment was that moment did work pretty well for me where she has that line of you know you want me to hate but I won't, not even you. And that, you know, when she did that right after she, you know, pulls the lightsaber up, acts like she's going to strike him down and then gives it to Ben Solo, which is probably the best like small moment where they're looking at each other right there in the movie. But yeah, that, that moment right there, that's, that's stuck with me. It kind of plays off the, the force awakens and the last Jedi, both of those moments in those movie where the lightsaber flies to her hand first, you know, the first force awakens, uh, when she catches it, you know, out of the snow and then second in the last Jedi where it flies to her hand after Kylo cuts Snoke in, in half. And this one kind of is a contrast to that where she's not picking up the lightsaber. She's handing it off and, you know, she's saving what she loves instead of, you know, fighting what she hates in Palpatine. So I thought that was a powerful message. I think that's probably why I get goosebumps still at that point. Any thoughts on, on any of that? I, those are all well put, well thought out stuff. That's about, I agree with a lot of that. Yeah. And then she melts his face with two lightsabers. So I don't know, maybe all that, you know, and she's not, she's not on the offensive necessarily, (laughs) but she does all that. And like that moment where she gives up her lightsaber, it's so good. It echoes Luke, you know, in Return of the Jedi. And then it's, okay, but I'm going to pull out, you know, after, uh, she gets both lightsabers and she pulls them out and just melts him, which, you know, he had to be defeated somehow, I guess. And at least it wasn't her just, you know, chopping his head off, but you know, in the way she defeated Palpatine, is that how you thought it would go? No, I, I don't. I mean, all of a sudden, and maybe in the however many years that he was in with 30 something years that he was in seclusion, he was also learning how to more badass powers. But I mean, he was almost bested by Yoda and Mace Windu, or we're supposedly meant to think that way. I mean, that was all part of his plan to begin with. But he, all of a sudden, now he has these omnipotent powers where no, he's no one's a match for him. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for all the Jedi coming to her aid, 
he would have killed them easily. Uh, so we think that he kills uh, Ben, but he doesn't. Um, I don't know. The, the I like the Jedi coming to her to help quell him. I like that aspect of it. But yeah, the holding the lightsabers and just reversing flow of the, you know, force lightning into him, disintegrating him. Um, uh, uh, I don't know about that choice. Yeah, and my thing with him, why couldn't he stop putting the lightning out? I don't know. Whatever. It works. It worked. He had to be defeated somehow, and yeah, it wasn't going to be in a hateful act, so that was, you know, having all the Jedi behind her, uh, that was a cool moment. I thought, you know, when she's looking up and saying, be with me, we hear all the voices, you know, I thought that was, I thought that was good, too. I know that you had some thoughts on, on that as well. Yeah, the voices, I, I think it would have been more uh, visually stimulating and more emotion you know, have more emotion in that scene if we were made to see the force ghost of these beings. Um, I think I read something that uh, Ewan McGregor and Sam Jackson filmed a scene in their clothes for this and it was somehow cut. Now, I, 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 I feel that I would have seen that would have been more... I would have been really emotional with that part, except hearing the voices. Um, after hearing the voices, you know, I, I immediately picked up, and obviously the, the obvious ones, Mace and... Obi-Wan and Anakin and uh, Ahsoka and Kanan. I heard all of them and Mace. But after going over it again and hearing all the other, uh, the three other Jedi that were talking to her, just didn't make sense to me. They don't really have a prominent role. I mean, obviously they're Jedi Masters and the Counselor, but Adi Galia and uh, Ayla Secura and Luminara Unduli. Unduli. Uh, those were three Jedi Masters. Obviously, you, you don't if you're not familiar with Clone Wars or little scenes in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith, where some of them meet their demise, don't really play a big prominent role in to me, anyways. So I don't I don't get where their voices are coming, helping. There's so many more uh, other influential Jedi. I think could have not taking away from them, but I don't know. Just yeah. give me some Plo Koon. That's what I want. <laughs> man yeah that was in the first time i know that a couple of the voices stood out but then yeah you have to kind of go back or kind of read you know or go through the credits and see who all the other voices were so yeah it was an interesting choice to on who they put in there and yeah not to show anybody uh but yeah like i guess if palpatine's gotta get his face melted then that's the way to do it and and disintegrate but who knows if he's who knows if he's actually dead we didn't see a body so i think he's gone this time and you know there was no reactor shaft for him to fall down so but yeah that's that's our thoughts on ray palpatine and the ending con- confrontation so uh we will move on to the next section take off that mask you don't need it what do you think you'll see if i do the face of my son all right, in this section, we are going to talk about the redemption of Ben Solo and just kind of story in The Rise of Skywalker, kind of how it led up in, you know, the previous two movies. So first, I'm going to start with Nick before, and if you listen to our previous episode on our movie marathon, uh, he did not think that Ben was redeemed. And then when we talked about it after we saw it, he thought it was uh, pretty well done. So I just want to get your thoughts again on uh, Ben Solo being redeemed. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Th- I thought he was unredeemable. I mean, I, obviously, a lot of people thought that 
that Ray was going to turn him, you know, he'd have some revenge, he would have some redemption and kill Snoke at the end, or he would be killed saving Ray. That's how everyone kind of thought. But I thought, obviously, him killing his father, thought that was pretty brutal the way he did that. Number one, uh, you know, obviously, Anakin did a lot worse things uh, and he was redeemed, but I just, I didn't really think it was coming. And then after I saw The Last Jedi and he killed Snoke and, uh, you know, then there was no bad guy. There, you know, Snoke was dead, and now he was the supreme leader. Obviously, Palpatine uh, was forced on our throat in the third one, so there's a new bad guy. But once that happened, and the rage and the hate that he had when he saw Luke uh, at the end, that fight scene, there was no redeeming for me. I, I thought he was beyond redemption. Um, obviously, Ray and him had some connection, and Leia was able to help bring that out of him. Uh, obviously seeing the memory of his father as well helped him and the and Ray's healing ability and telling him that how he he kept bringing up you didn't take my hand I'm only going to offer it again and she says I would have taken your hand but as Ben's Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm okay with it I I, like I said the if Palpatine came back so there's the new baddie there but I was I like the character I like Adam Driver's portrayal of the character I just didn't think that he was ever coming back I'm not upset that he that he came back. I wish he was still there. It leads me to a whole bunch of side questions about it. You know, uh, Ray's vision in the cave on Last Jedi um, when she's looking in that mirror and clicking her fingers, and they walk together as two, and then one. And you can tell it to me. It's the image of Kylo Ren. I don't know if that is. You know, no one's really dead. No one's ever really gone. But yeah, those are my initial thoughts. I'm happy that it happened. I'm not upset about it. But I feel like it w- it happened, and then it was over like that. Like you didn't even get to enjoy the his turn. You didn't. It, it was just like he came, thought he was dead. He came back. He saved Ray. Gave him his, her his force ability, or put his force into her, and then just dropped dead after they have a kiss. It just I don't know. Just yeah. didn't seem like it wasn't really the audience couldn't enjoy it as much as it, they should have. Yeah, there there wasn't yeah there wasn't time enough time with Ben Solo and you know it's been going around everywhere that his last word was "ow" when he jumped you know that was literally the only word he said as Ben Solo after he chucked the lightsaber in that you know when he jumped across that thing on Exegol that and he fell and he said "ow" that was the only words he said so yeah there was no closure with anything I think to me always the redemption started when he when he killed Han I think that was the beginning of him being redeemed in in a weird way but I think that kind of set everything in motion like after that his soul was just like fractured and he just you could you could see how tortured he was on that scene it just made you feel for him obviously you know something went wrong and they even had that line yeah that snoke had twisted his mind and then even on that confrontation in the force awakens han said you know snoke's using you for your power and ben knows that you know he knew that before han said it but then hearing it from his dad he knows and then we get the last jedi and he turns on snoke you know and he's like so close to being redeemed right there where he makes a conscious decision to kill his master but instead of having that message of you know from leia that you know on on what leia stands for and everything like that he's ready to take the the throne you know snoke's throne and and take on the first you know take over the first order 
But yeah, I, the Han and Ben scene, like I said earlier, was my my favorite scene. That I know what I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Line that he echoes from the Force Awakens, and you know, obviously in the Force Awakens, Han says, "I'll help you," and in this one, he just says, "You know, you do. You have that. You know, you do have the strength." And makes that line, you know, your mother's gone, but what she stood for is still there. I think was a really powerful uh, way to get Leia, you know, back into the mix, and then the part where I'll I'll never not cry and Adam Driver and Harrison Ford were just so good was the dad where he just you can see his face is just sad and regretful and scared even or he just says dad and then Han says I know and then turns around chucks the saber uh into the ocean and then turns around and Han's gone I think that was just that was so powerful but yeah we don't get enough of Ben Solo he gets there on Exegol and has this like such a cool hero moment going back and they're playing his theme in a very light uplifting version and that music right there is just so good and then yeah gets confronted by the knights of ren gets beat up a little bit and then that moment where ray hands him the lightsaber and then he just once he gets the lightsaber and he does that little shrug is just that shrug is just so good and so han that's it's exactly han i love that love that part i was gonna mention that in my fave parts of the movie and also, yeah, that going into that, you just touched on a little bit. That's one thing I also didn't like. Just because he didn't have a lightsaber, I mean, we've seen in throughout all of Star Wars, Clone Wars, whatever. I mean, the Jedi have other powers that they can use besides the a lightsaber. He just, just because he had a blaster in his hand doesn't mean that he can't like use the force to push these guys away. I mean, they're not omnipotent beings. So I didn't like how he pretty much got handed to him by the Knights of Ren with you know using just some weapons. You know, they weren't like Sith weapons. They were just. We don't know that. Well, we, we really don't look, know anything. They didn't look in that. There was this look to us. It just was like axes and medieval medieval yeah. weaponry that he's getting, you know, his A handed it to him. I'm pretty sure he has some pretty big force abilities that he showed in this in this in the trilogy that he could have used at that one moment. Another thing that bothered me. But, but yeah, it wouldn't have been as cool. It wouldn't have been as cool. But <laughs> didn't get, we didn't get led to the scene that was cool, but, yeah. you know, he could have done, you know, and then he... Wipe the floor of him once he got his lightsaber. Yeah, that was that was so fun, and yeah, it's almost that moment in the Last Jedi when everyone was cheering when he made that decision, and then they stand back to back. That was that moment, even though they weren't right by each other. But that's when they both started fighting separately, and that was just that like you know start clapping moment where we're getting to see Ben Solo in action take down you know the bad guys. But yeah, then he goes in, stands right next to Ray. They both have the lightsaber. It's a very cool moment. Uh, and then, yeah, Palpatine just takes care of him, throws him in the pit, climbs out, and, you know, sees that Ray has died. And you can just see the suffering on his face where he's just looking around for help. And, you know, no one's there. It's just them. Sacrifices himself for Ray. And, you know, they both have about, what, 20 seconds alive and the kiss. I was the one in our theater that started the clap for the kiss because I, I had been kind of wanting that, especially throughout the movie. But that was a, that was a powerful moment, I thought, right there. How did you see the kiss coming? How did you feel about it? Yeah, I felt like once, yeah, I felt like the connection that had been made from them. <clears throat> And the hurt once she said that I would have accepted your hand as Ben and the whole prophecy of them she saw them together on the on a throne. You know, I, I thought it was all coming that way. It still felt a little I don't know, 
yep. could have been more like the moment like i said i don't know if it's just the whole moment in general how she's dead and he saves her and then he dies and they don't have they don't have much time to explore it uh yeah uh, uh, or you know i don't know if that if that could have happened before palpatine's death and that gave her strength i don't know just, yeah you know, I, don't, I don't know it just seemed just, just seemed his uh, death the moment i wanted it to be yeah his death it just they kept saying this was going to be a satisfying conclusion and i i that's another thing that just is hard to come around and to me in my head he's not dead i mean i'm just going with that because i don't want him to be but yeah I, he disappears very quickly and then we don't see him and then it's just like done and there's like no extra closure like he had that moment with han had kind of a force moment with leia but no closure with luke at all and no closure really with ray they didn't even talk you know after they after they kissed and so that was just frustrating to see that you know we get redeemed ben solo and then and he's you know he's not an old man like vader was or you know older i guess and you know beat up and stuff this is a young healthy guy that you know still has a lot of life to live and he's dead you know and that's a lot of people's favorite characters and i get that you know characters are gonna die here and there but they just didn't feel like star wars fulfilling to me i feel like if you're gonna really fulfill the whole saga then having the last skywalker just die uh, if, if there's a way for him to die that's a great way i will say that but having him die in general it's just i don't know it's 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 a tough pill to swallow yeah the the whole like did he put all of his energy into her so he drained him obviously you remember early in the movie when when uh, ray uses her force uh, healing power on that serpent she, she's shaking her hand a lot like she gave him some of her force so that's a thing now uh, did, did he put all of his force into her and thus it just killed him did he give up like or did you know like make the sacrifice like luke and yoda or luke and obi-wan did uh they basically just say it was time to die because he was going to die anyways kind of like yoda and and join the force or was he that connected with leia when leia was gone he was gone yeah. you know like they made it they made it seem like that kind of like leia and him went out at the same moment uh you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it just opens up some more possibilities, and maybe at that moment, and I, I go back to what I saw in the last year, and this is my, hopefully, this is my theory, and hopefully, he continue to do movies. Is that scene where she sees him in the Last Jedi in the in the Sith uh, hole, dark you know, the dark side cave? That that is the uh, world between worlds, mm -hmm. and somehow he gets saved at that moment. Like later <laughs> in a different movie, Ray goes and pulls him out of that moment like a ahsoka uh ezra and ahsoka from rebels that's that's my dream theory and that yeah. would make it more complete to me i would enjoy that later down the line i'd be surprised if obviously we'd need these people to still do these doing these movies probably yeah 10 15 years down the road or a cartoon or something down the road for this to happen but that whole thing i don't i don't know how it happened why it happened and palpatine just saying you know as your grandfather threw me down a oh i'll throw you down a hole you know like yeah i don't know it, yeah i don't the other thing with him dying is leia in the flashback scene there luke said that leia gave up her training because she saw a vision of ben dying and so she gave up her training so that wouldn't happen but that someone else could fulfill her you know journey but then ben dies anyways 
at what 30 years old or something like that so why did she give up training was it pointless for her to give up training because he was going to die anyways i mean i'm sure things would have gone differently if she was a jedi but it just makes you think that why did they put that in the movie if he was just gonna die anyways i guess i don't know very confusing yeah i I agree okay well we've talked about ben solo a lot we are going to get on to the next topic oh no oh dameron you're alive buddy so are you what happened to you what happened i got thrown from the crash i woke up at night no you no ship nothing bb8 says that you saved him no no no. it wasn't just me you completed my mission finn that's my jacket Oh, oh no 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 keep it it suits you you're a good man, Finn. All right, we are going to talk about the ever-famous trio of Ray, Finn, and Poe and how they they made such a point leading up to this that it was this hero, you know, the three heroes going on this adventure together. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, they, they kept saying that throughout the thing. Oh, it's cool. They're all together. And a lot of times they said all back together, but they're never all together in the first place. So kind of this weird uh, concept of the trio that, yeah, we've had in the previous two trilogies, but yeah, they kind of, it's kind of one of those things they really tried to make happen. What did what did you think about them making such a big deal that, you know, this trio was going to be all together? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I Like you said, it, it, they never were together at all. You know, like, didn't, yeah, Ray didn't meet Poe until The Last Jedi, right? Yeah, so she didn't meet him until The Last Jedi. And, you know, her and Finn were together in most of Force Awakens, and then he was hurt, and so they were not apart. They were separated a lot in The Last Jedi. Anyways... Um, I was happy to see their screen time together, but... It was fun. Their time together was fun, and it had funny moments and their quips, and it felt right, you know, how their their dynamic kind of worked with their relationship. It felt fun, and it was a good time. I don't think it left time for Poe and Finn, really especially Finn, to have his own story, and maybe that's just us getting spoiled by The Last Je- Jedi giving... Ray, Poe, and Finn each a clear arc. Where in this one it was kind of, and you know, and there's other Star Wars movies that that it, it is. It's just you know Han having heroic moments or you know doing this or that. Yeah, it felt super forced, and it felt like they kind of came up with this idea of the trio before they wrote the movie, and they're just like, okay, they're going on an adventure together, but it really just turned into them following ray you know ray was going to go to pasana and they're like no we'll come with you and then you know of course they had to go go to kajimi and so they all went together there and then kef burr they go to kef burr and it's again ray is like no like i'm doing this by myself and just go straight to the death star so it's kind of just them following ray and it doesn't give you know we do get some of poe's backstory which was cool and you know we see the relationship with with him and zori bliss and you know we get a little bit more poe but yeah finn i just felt like throughout the whole movie was just kind of floating and just you know, he had this thing to tell Ray, which apparently was that he was force sensitive, which obviously at the end of the movie, you know that he is force sensitive, but it's just kind of building, but not even building to it. So they're just kind of going along with the story that, yep, Ray or uh, Finn might be force sensitive, but it's just like, he doesn't move anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere with his story. But the purpose, I, I still don't get that, that point. Like, okay, so we're, we think we're dying. We're sinking in this pit. This will be the moment that I tell you that, Hey, I, it's almost like he's a, and then he was ashamed of it. You know, why can't you, you know, like they made it, made, made it feel like he was going to tell him, tell us that he loved her or, 
you know, I've always loved you or, you know, and Poe, the way Poe was hammering him, hammering him for it, you meant like you, it made you feel like that. Like it was, and yes, it just felt forced and weird. I did like that he was, you know, we obviously, obviously thought that he was sensitive, force sensitive from the very beginning when he picked up the lightsaber in The Force Awakens. But yeah, their time together, I mean, it was fine. It was fast paced. It was uh, action packed. You know, I, you can tell they all care for each other over this time, even though, uh, like I said, I, even though we've mentioned that they didn't so much time together and it's only been a year between the Jedi, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, they formed some big relationship, you know. Uh, I thought their all reaction to when they all thought Chewie was dead uh, was 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 good. That Chewie meant a lot to them. I, it it was okay. Uh, I I agree. It didn't really build on Finn's storyline. You know, he had all these different things going on throughout the movie. Him getting away from the the, the trilogy. Him getting away from the First Order to falling in love with Ray or being befriending Ray, and then the whole. There's something bigger here going off in his adventure with Rose uh, in The Last Jedi and him about to sacrifice himself in The Last Jedi. And then it, then the last movie just kind of set him up to do nothing, just to be force sensitive. He didn't do, obviously he joined um, uh, Janna, so I like that storyline there. Yeah, the, possibly. the storyline with Janna was cool and it was, they had that like two second like bonding with each other moment, but... I just, it could have been so much more for Finn. Like, they could have gave him so much more. I know one of the theories going around prior to the movie was, you know, possible Stormtrooper Rebellion. And Sky Talker's podcast, which is another great Star Wars podcast, if you listen to any podcast, be sure to check theirs out. They they really hit on this. And we were, like, so close to getting that in this movie with Janna and them realizing that, you know, maybe Janna and her crew were Force-sensitive because they all had this feeling. But it could have been a, hey, we heard about your story, Finn, you know, on what you did and that you and what you did on Kray and, and what you did to help the resistance and and that's what even pushed us further to do what we're doing but it just wasn't there it was like well we have these two characters who are bonding over this but it didn't last and then we don't get much more janet at all you know in the rest of the movie so i i just felt like yeah finn was underserved in his is our the end when they all hugged i feel like i should have felt that more but i really didn't because i was like well you know that's great they saved the day ray's back uh they're all together but you know they had that big hug and it was it was good but i didn't feel oh thank god the trio's okay you know i didn't feel like that the trio is a thing so i don't know it was it was i would have felt that way if they played the, mu- the, the music that they played at the end of return of the jedi if they would have played that again, I think I would have had more connection because I didn't like the, the music attached to the end of the, when they're all come back together. Or even if it was the original one, the object by the uh, yeah, by the Ewoks, Ewoks when they were first singing it. Like, I would have felt more connection to them all being happy to see each other and that they survived the music. There was no score, I felt like. It was like, it just it wasn't moving. Right, it was kind of sad. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a sad score behind this, like, great moment. Mm-hmm. And... It's also going straight from this super dark, you know, moment on Exegol, and then it's 
really really bright and you think you should have a reaction to that but it was just uh, it kind of fell flat for me at least but yeah i felt like they could have been you know served better going their separate ways or you know really having an arc for the other two i mean even poe gets a moment with when he's talking you know after leia has passed away where he's talking to leia he has that moment you know with her and then he has the moment with lando where he's like how did you do it you know and so he's learning something else again i feel like finn just had a bunch of really cool heroic moments but i don't know that he went through an arc at all and that was this point because i love finn and i loved his story in the last jedi i loved his story in the force awakens and then i feel like they just kind of dropped it and we're like okay well he's gonna be force sensitive but we're not gonna actually show you only in what he senses you know we're not gonna show him doing anything but yeah so i i don't know and maybe there's more to this you know like i said it feels like this you know the movie was so there was so much jam-packed into this movie that it could have been two movies uh whatever it could have been and it and it felt didn't just feel like that with finn it felt it with multiple characters obviously we got nothing anymore anything more from rose you know there was so many other storylines that we could have you know like you mentioned earlier uh like a kylo and luke redemption uh it just felt like there was a whole bunch of yeah uh unclosed arcs or chapters in this story it felt like it's setting up another trilogy of just the new characters without ben solo which is just like kind of disappointing because uh you know for a lot of people that was the best part of these movies was seeing that story but yeah walking out of theater that was another thing too i was like okay what's next for you know finn like i want to see what he's going to do next because he's force sensitive what are him and ray going to do uh you know train more jedi do something like that what's what's pose role going to be you know and it yeah it didn't feel like a conclusion for their story at all so but yeah we'll go ahead and move on to the next section Okay, so now we're going to talk about the ending real quick. So we get Ray going to Tatooine with BB-8 on the Falcon. They go by some Jawas, which was pretty good callback. That was cool to see. And we got an Utini, so that was nice. Sandcrawler. Yes. Uh, and so she goes to the Lars homestead, which the last time we've seen it canonically in the movies was episode four right because no one ever went back there i think it was episode four with owen and Baru's burning bodies i believe is that right well i mean yes that's that's in the in the series yes recently the most recently obviously was in episode three obviously right. the, the separate but yeah the the current carnage that happened was yes the the, the destruction of the the homestead that i remember as well so we go back there and I feel like we're supposed to have an emotional connection due to it being the place that, that Luke's story started and Anakin's, you know, somewhat ended, you know, definitely Luke's how it started. Did you have, uh, how'd you feel about going back to the Lars home? it was cool to see, I think to me, but I didn't have too much of a connection. Yeah. I mean, I, I, anything that ties a story together or nostalgic for me, I always have that initial feeling of yes, you know, like, and I don't know why it's just, you know, every time I see some connection, like when I hear Ahsoka's voice in the movies, when I love Ahsoka's character from Rebels and Clone Wars, that, that connection makes me happy. 
hearing Kanan's voice in this movie, you know, those kind of connections, those little things, little things in the Mandalorian that we see that tie back into the original trilogy, the lore. I, I get emotional and like that stuff. So I liked her, them going back there, not knowing at the time, obviously she's going to claim their name. Obviously that was a rumor. Uh, I don't mind it. I had a little bit of emotional connection to it. I do, I do kind of mind that that was the last memory in our memory in our head is his aunt and uncle being fried to death and then she wheezed it's, down the so they all hated you know? it yeah like yeah. The, everyone hated being there you know except for yeah. maybe Uncle Owen might yeah. have been okay with it but yeah like Anakin buried his mom there and you know that's and his life and, yeah. and he hates sand <laughs> yeah, um, and then luke all he wants to do is get away from there uh obviously you know it's his childhood home so there's that um but yeah i didn't i don't i don't know i didn't feel too much of a connection and then the random lady asking her name and asking her last name also which like took me back to solo on how he got his last name and but i, I like her taking on the skywalker name i think that was good i like that you know found family and you know getting to choose who you are but i was also at the same time sad because ben solo wasn't there as a force ghost and so it's like luke and leia had ben solo as their you know obviously is leia's son luke's nephew and, and apprentice they had him there to care for and he's dead and gone but now they have Ray, who has come in, uh, had a beautiful story and everything, and now she's taking on the name, and there's no regard for Ben Solo at all at the end. That's what kind of bugged me. I like that she took the name. I think that was great, and you know, people who have found their family or you know getting adopted, and I think it was I'm gonna reference Blast Points again too, but a few, I think it was back in like April or March, they brought up this theory that she could take on that name as you know um, a tribute to George Lucas, and you know his uh, adopted kids like taking on his name and so i really like that sentiment and really like that story but yeah was, it, i didn't i don't know there's another reason i probably didn't think it was super satisfying but it was i mean it was it was heartwarming and you know i liked her saying you know i'm ray skywalker i think and and i get the bin thing too obviously because it's more fresh but i i to me i think Anakin should have been there. I mean, Anakin started it all there. That, like, that's where he was magically conceived, and uh, you know, he went back. And yes, his mother died there. Um, and I don't think Anakin's name was mentioned no, at all. Never, never we, mentioned. And this is the Skywalker saga. If you're putting together it in a bow, yes, Ben is a Skywalker. Yes, Luke and Leia are obviously Skywalkers. But Anakin, this whole thing wouldn't have gotten to where it was without Anakin. So I feel yeah. like his his. His MIA from that scene, you know, you get his voice in that one scene, but you also get Luke's and Leia's voice in that scene as well. Um, or maybe just Luke's, I can't remember. But that, that, that to me, Anakin needed to be there. Um, I don't mind taking her taking on the Skywalker name. Like, I think during, you know, obviously, you remember when there were going to be early in The Last Jedi stuff when people thought that the Jedi were going to be no more and they were getting away from the Sith and they were getting away from the Jedi. There's just going to be Force users and that she was going to take the name of Skywalkers and Jedis were going to be Skywalkers. I think that was a rumor, you know, from now on. You're, you know, if you're, you're no longer a Jedi, you're a Skywalker. You know, and if it's the end of the Skywalker saga and this tri this this trio or she's in other movies, then she's still Rey Skywalker. So it's still kind of continuing the Skywalker saga 
even though you're supposedly ending it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I still how I, I go back and forth on her taking the name. Sentimentally, I like it because obviously Luke is one of my favorite characters of the whole franchise. I, you know, so I, I have mixed feelings on it. Like I said, I, I really don't like her sliding down the hill. I, I don't at, at the burnt uh, remains of buried underneath that sand <laughs> you know I, I don't love the just her standing there i mean it's a cool shot seeing her stand there with bb8 in front of the twin sons and that it's just her but it's you know she found this family and she's got these friends and the resistance and everything but she's just standing there alone so it's kind of a shot where it's like that's why i wasn't satisfied i want more stories and see where this is going which honestly eventually they're going to they're going to do more stories i just hope they can get all of them back so we'll see but yeah that's that's kind of our take on Ray Skywalker. I saved you. Tell me. That's how we're gonna win. Not fighting what we hate. Saving what we love. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff. Uh, we're kind of running out of time, but there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about. And one thing was side characters and new characters, a little bit of both. And the first thing I wanted to start off with was... Rose Tico, Commander Rose Tico, who got totally sidelined in this movie. I was so disappointed in this, and it's been taken a thousand different ways, but after the treatment that Kelly Marie Tran got after The Last Jedi, and you know, how even you know the character of Rose was, was looked at from fandom, that it's hard to look at this any other way other than them responding to the backlash. And whether they did or didn't and there's been excuses come out on why she wasn't you know more involved and they blamed it on not having enough footage of leia and all this stuff that they needed her to stay back but at the end of the day there was so much more for her to do and seeing what poe and finn really didn't do on pasana because they didn't really do much except for be there why couldn't she have been there too you know and maybe that was you know she had a role there instead of yeah i have to stay back to look at the specs of these star destroyers you know or whatever that line was where it's like really that's that's what we're gonna do so that's the first thing i was gonna bring up she was a main character in the last jedi and then they just totally left her out of this movie really disappointing that's the one thing i think in this entire movie that i'll never get past i think just because it was it was right there for her to be in it more and to have a role and they just didn't do it yeah uh i don't um i don't uh have the same connection to rose as travis does uh Obviously, I don't have the. I don't. I didn't mind her in the Last Jedi. I didn't. I didn't dishate her story. I had no disdain for her, like toxic fandom that did. But uh, I. I didn't. I didn't connect as much with her story in the Last Jedi. So her not being have a prevalent role. I mean, I think she should have had more of a role. Um, I agree. She could have been on Pasana with the with the trio. But uh, yeah, I don't like it when characters go underdeveloped so you know i you can't have a story for every single character or side character uh in the star wars universe it's for later for comic books and tv series and whatnot but uh yeah on the rose side i I didn't didn't really have a feeling one way or the other um i I did feel like her character was underutilized but uh i wasn't as upset about it as some her for her being yeah i'm not i'm not signing the petition to get her tv show you know green lid but uh i am 
Yeah, I know Travis probably is. Uh, I'll watch it, though, because any Star Wars content you give me, I'll consume it. Yeah, so Chewbacca, uh, I think I mentioned that before. I, I really... Chewbacca, uh, Chewbacca's a great character. Uh, I was hoping to God, the, the moment when everyone in the theater thought that Ray killed him, I, I think I turned to Travis the first time and said WTF uh, out loud. Like, that couldn't be the way that Chewie goes out. I loved his emotion in the movie. I loved loved the character. He's still got more to go. I'd like to see more with Chewie. Like I said in the earlier moments, I'd like to see a, a solo two to see their relationship continue to, to grow. I'd like to find other Wookiees, um, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, I, I'd still like to see more of a relationship um, of more of Yoda's uh, relationship. We don't get much of that in Clone Wars with Wookiees in general. Uh, just Wookiees in general and uh, Chewie. I, I thought the performance was great. Um, I think we have a good uh, Chewie for the future. Uh, no and, one's going to replace Mayhew, but um, I think Jonas did a great job. Yeah, he was great. And another just small moment that made me laugh was when they were in the uh, when they were at Pasana and they were all walking through the crowd and they're like, everybody get everybody down. And so Chewie was the only one that really had to bend over. That was a good moment. And then yeah, that moment that we talked about earlier when he finds out that Leia died. That was rough. Because Chewie didn't have much to do in Last Jedi either. I mean, he no. knocks Luke's door out and fries some porgs. Yeah, uh, and he he's, doesn't really have a. a you know, the Force Awakens obviously has a huge role because it's him and Han's last ride together, so that's the main po- focus point of the movie. But in The Last Jedi, kind of like Rose in, in this movie, he was underutilized, and you didn't really get much from him. And obviously his character, you know, he obviously had a huge connection to Re- or Leia um, and developing that with Rey in this movie. Um, yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next character on our list is Lando. Great job by Billy D. Williams. We talked about this before too, but yeah, just slip slipped right back into the role. Didn't miss a beat. I mean, just looked great. Played the part perfectly. You know, the one the one thing with Lando and that I've seen going around is you know how did him and Chewie get everybody to show up at the end? And that's been kind of a point of contention. But I've been it took me a couple viewings to really understand it because everything moves so fast. But the difference between you know why they didn't show up when the resistance was stuck on crate versus the rise of Skywalker when everyone shows up to take the fight there was on crate right at that moment they didn't have no one else had reason for hope and then of course we get luke's sacrifice which i feel like they should have touched on that in this movie and maybe made mention of that as far as why the resistance is or why you know people are rising up around the galaxy but i feel like that had something to do with it and just you know poe and finn's speech of you know we take the fight to them and good people will fight if we lead them you know and they didn't have that on crate they were stuck why would want, why would anyone want to come into that mess when they're you know pinned down where in this one they're taking the fight there you know they're going to exegol and if they have enough people you know they promise they're gonna defeat them so i thought that was i thought that was fine it was a good moment there at the end um, it was a good role for lando to have with chewy to go round people up and get them in the fight so but yeah that was a lot of fun all right, uh, yeah, my thoughts on Lando. Um, I thought he, he, I think I said this earlier, I, I think he fit right back into the, the role. Billy D did an amazing job. I uh, really loved seeing him back with Chewie and the Falcon. The only thing that I would have to say, you know, I, or going back a little bit, I, I do like the interaction you had with Poe. Uh, once Poe was trying to 
figure out how he he could take over for Leia. He didn't think he was ready, and Lando gave him that speech. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about Lando was the scene that he had with uh, Janna. It it felt like there was more there. It felt like there needed to be more there. And it was like we're gonna you basically, hey, you didn't have a dad. Uh, I think maybe I had a daughter. Uh, let's go on an adventure together to find out where you came from. Like, is that? Something that was cut out of the movie, like with something from earlier, is this some comic book we're going to get later, The Adventures of Janna and Lando, I don't know, but uh, that those are my thoughts on, on Lando. And I agree, yeah, they put in the visual dictionary that Lando had a daughter stolen from him, and then, yeah, they have that ending scene. It, I don't know, it, it's all silly to me that they even put that in the visual dictionary or that they were going to make that a thing. Like, why does that even need to be a thing? Why couldn't that just be a nice, sweet moment between two characters? And yeah, so that was, I was not thrilled about that, seeing that in the visual dictionary. I thought that was, that was pretty silly. General Hux is up next. Uh, we talked about him in the last episode, but he was kind of a joke again in this movie like in the last jedi he in the force awakens he had a very serious role and then in the last jedi it was kind of not quite as serious and then this one he was just kind of a joke and i i didn't mind it i thought it was you know funny he was obviously it, it would have been cool to see more of him in this movie because he had a very you know reduced role as well but yeah he he was the spy that was a kind of a funny moment with finn and poe but uh he was a goner right away so any other thoughts on hux that we haven't covered yeah, Hux, I've never enjoyed the character. Unlike the original trilogy, the all the officers, even the ones that doubted the Force and doubted Vader or, you know, the ones that messed up and like I still felt like they were official, they were respected members of their, you know, of the ranks. I just never felt that way with Hux. He was always kind of a joke like Travis mentioned. Um, obviously he had some cred with Snoke and Force Awakens, but by The Last Jedi, it's completely gone with Kyle just throwing them all around and choking them. And, and then, yeah, in this movie, he's just a, a, a running, he's just a joke. Uh, basically pride is like a thousand times better than him. Um, and him being a mole, I mean, I, I feel like kind of like Kylo, he was of anyone, he was going to be the, <laughs> the least have a chance to be a mole or redeemed just because he hates Kylo. I mean, he blew up the Hosnian system and uh, that was his whole plan for the, the Starkiller base. That was his baby. You could tell when Pride says that in the movie, the Starkiller base was a failure. He, he kind of gave like a little grimace, you know, kind of like Krennic to be, you know, for a little bit uh, back for Rogue One. All right. And then uh, we have the droids so c-3po r2d2 bba and do so we'll start with c-3po had a much bigger role in this movie thought he was hilarious you know from the beginning right there on pasana where you know he says he makes a joke about happens every 42 years and they're like wow we're lucky and you know he says yeah that is lucky you know because of their uh delicacies and all that stuff and then they all turn to look at him and then he turns and looks away i thought that was uh that was really funny but he had a lot of a lot of good one-liners throughout the movie cool to kind of see him in action there you know on the star destroyer and everything too so uh yeah a lot of fun anthony daniels just awesome you know throughout with c-3po anything else on c-3po 
I loved them. Um, it was good to have the, in general, just good to have uh, droids back in the fray. Um, obviously, they were prevalent in um, Force Awakens and and Jedi, um, but obviously R two being in power low mode and C three PO with his red arm and just you know kind of showing up randomly. It was good. Obviously, one through six, they were inv- involved in all the adventures. It was good to have you know them. You know, R two even got back into the scene with. You know, I know we're going to talk about R2 here in a minute, but back there with Poe. Yeah, but it's 3PO, funny, sad, glad that he survived. Yeah, definitely got definitely got a little bit more R2 uh, in this movie. Not a ton, didn't do a whole lot, but he was there at least and got to be there with Poe in the cockpit. So, yeah, it was cool for him to come back into the mix. BB-8 didn't get as much of a kill count in this movie as he did in the last one. Uh, didn't, you know, but he had that cool move on Pasana. Uh, he got to, you know, end the movie with Ray. I loved BB eight through the sequel trilogy. I thought, you know, it was just a great addition overall. Yeah. BB eight was a good addition of a character. Wasn't, was funny. Uh, also he could, had emotion to him as well. Uh, bonded with Ray, uh, liked how every time she still checked his antenna. Didn't really care for BB-8 relationship with Poe. Uh, it's a little too cheesy for me, but uh, uh, BB-8 character as a whole was was good. Yeah, the new droid, uh, Dio, that's his name, Dio, voiced by J.J. Abrams. Fine. Uh, you know, didn't do much to the plot except that he also had the Sith background in him. And helped them out because they were nice to him, I guess. Yeah, basically. had some added info. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was pretty indifferent. I was very high on Dio before the movie, and then during, I was, it was fine, I guess. Yeah, the uh, he has just kept saying the emotions of each scene, which was interesting. Uh, he had like a human voice and not a droid voice, but he kept saying happy or sad or you know whatever the situation called for. So yeah, it was fine. But yeah, was, Dio's a cute little addition. We have a little toy Dio, but it doesn't talk in basic. It just talks a little droid speak, so that was interesting. Janna is next on the list. I love Janna. I wish we would have got more of Janna. I liked, you know, that she was the leader of this uh, group of, you know, defected, defected stormtroopers. And, you know, they have that conversation with Finn that... You know, they all had this feeling. And so it leads you to believe since Finn, you know, had that same feeling that maybe they're all force sensitive. And uh, I wish we would have saw more of her. She was thought the character was great. And um, Naomi Aki just killed it and just stepped right in and was, uh, you know, an awesome character and had a heroic moment there at the end as well with Finn. Uh, any other thoughts on Janna? Like the character, I definitely think we're going to see more of her in the future, whether that be a comic or, you know, the sad thing about Star Wars, you could have a little side characters that you really enjoy. There's just, there's just so many stories. There's just not enough room to tell all the stories. I think me and Travis were talking earlier about how both we enjoyed uh, Infus Nest from Rogue One, or from Solo, excuse me, and uh, like her character to be explored more, and I think they will at some point as well. But, uh, yeah, good, good, good story. Like I explained about Lando and that needs a little bit more explanation or was kind of felt rushed uh zori bliss so zori was a really good character i like zori you know the kind of the backstory with poe and immediately wanting to put his brains in the snow and then kind of you know seeing ray and her interact was was a lot of fun 
again, not a ton of time spent with her. There's just so many new characters in this movie that it, it left so little time and you were just kind of zooming through everything. Uh, but yeah, cool costume. I really like Carrie Russell. She did great. Got to see her, you know, halfway without the mask and got to see her, you know, interact with Poe and then with Ray. I thought that little, you know, fight that they had, uh, really Ray just taking them all down. I thought that was, that was cool too. Agree, like the character. Um, I feel like that's probably a scene that maybe there's a scene with her and Poe that got cut out, or some more that her maybe got cut out of the movie, didn't make the final floor. I'm just guessing there. But uh, yeah, her interaction with Ray, I thought that was good. Like Travis said, the the anger for Poe deserting her at first, like quickly dissipated. I mean, it was, uh, I'm going to blow your brains out into the snow to, hey, here's my first order cord that can get you off of this planet. You know, after, what, 10 minutes of trying to get C-3PO's memory warped or wiped. Yeah, but good good character. Uh, wish we could have seen more. Uh, the And then, so then she, fought, uh, she ends up there at the final battle. And when her voice came through, my first reaction in the theater was, oh my God, it's Hera Syndulla. It sounded so much like Hera that my brain was programmed just to think of our other characters from other mediums. And I thought it was her just right off the bat. And then I immediately realized that, no, that was Zori, but sounded so much like Hera. And like, I think I was just, my mind wanted Hera to be there so bad. Uh, but yeah. And then the, the thing with Kajimi, it got blown up and then we don't see any after effects of that except for poe i think gives it one line and you know he's sad that it got blown up but uh, her and her and babu frick show up and hey hey and everything's good and uh yeah babu frick was incredible i thought his voice was really funny uh yeah babu frick was was one of the one of the big highlights for me shirtless throughout the movie which was super weird didn't realize that to like my third or fourth viewing that he you know not wearing a shirt but uh definitely a lot of fun babu frick was yeah enjoyed the character uh, i think he definitely has a role somewhere later down the line i i, I laughed throughout his entire scenes uh, it was cool to find out later on that, you know, he being, as we mentioned, Harry Potter, being Harry Potter fans, that uh, Moaning Myrtle from Chamber of Secrets and uh, voiced Babu Frick. So I think that's a pretty cool little tidbit. Uh, great character. That was a connection that I made, uh, yeah, about a week and a half afterwards. I saw that I was going around on Twitter that it was Moaning Myrtle, but I had no idea who Moaning Myrtle was. And then when Moaning Myrtle came on the screen during Harry Potter, I was like, hey, that's that's that character. So, yeah, that was that was cool. But, yeah, Bobby Frick was fun. Uh, Snap Wexley had a good one-liner. JJ brought him back. Then he got blown up. Didn't see that coming. And then we immediately see Wedge, uh, who we know from, you know, the books has that relationship with Snap and there's no, you know, moment that we get there either. Uh, but yeah, Snap came and went and had his few lines. I know that, uh, one of the new characters, I do not know the name, but Dominic Monaghan's character. I think that is his name. I, did not enjoy very much didn't see the point just had some quirky one-liners and i wasn't i, I don't know i kind of cringed every time he came on screen because i didn't know why he was there uh any thoughts on that yeah i, I it was kind of yeah, it was just a nerdy side character like i hey i like star wars i'm friends with jj abrams and i'm in the movie uh let's use the hold maneuver uh like that's a thing now dark magic yeah, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't didn't care for me didn't care for him either 
is part of the resistance. That was first initial thoughts. Yeah, I don't think he really served a purpose. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, but yeah, we're going to move on. Okay, this is our last section, our bonus section. Just some of the weird stuff that we really picked out. And some of this stuff we're not even probably going to say anything on, but some of this stuff we might elaborate. But yeah, I guess we'll call this hyperspace jumping uh, since that's the first thing I have written down. But hyperspace jumping, I think that was a metaphor for the entire movie, (laughs) that it was just going to be crazy and we're just going to go world to world. And the first time I saw it, I just didn't understand, which makes sense since it's the first time we're seeing it. But yeah, hyperspace jumps and looks like he goes into like a hyperspace portal and the ties can just follow them i did, had no idea what was going on i just knew it looked really cool and then we got a couple different worlds but yeah i still have no idea what hyperspace jumping is other than it destroys your ship yeah concept of it i like but you know from the you know just from new hope i mean when han's talking to luke you know he says going through hyperspace isn't like dusting crops boys you, you know without proper co- calculation you can run into an asteroid field planet you know whatever and so a split second they go to like four or five different places and you know they almost hit a whole bunch of things but it, it, it I, I don't i'm not a fan unless it's explained more later down the line yeah it was it was very very strange it was it was just one thing after another uh next thing on my list claude and claude fixing the falcon with no arms <laughs> i thought that was hilarious that he's standing there i don't even think he had any tools in his mouth or anything but then they cut back and you kind of see some sparks flying in the background and then we get a couple more shots of Claude just randomly I who knows why he was on there he was just kind of fixing things I guess but no arms looked goofy thoughts on Claude Claude uh, could could have used without could have didn't really do anything for me. Could have used that. He reminded me of the guy in uh, Rogue One that read Cassian Andor's brain. I don't know why, but that's the character that I, that kind of species. I uh, I know they're not the same species, but. Or bullet. Yeah, that, that, those, uh, those, that's how, I, but the first thing I thought of was like, is that one of those? But knowing it wasn't, but yeah, it, no, no, no need. Uh, Bulio, Bulio, voiced by Mark Hamill, apparently, also. Not just Bulio, because he just looked like kind of a normal little alien there, but then two scenes later, we see that they caught him, cut his head off, and threw it on the First Order table in their big boardroom and just plopped it on there, and it kind of made a gross sound. Uh, <laughs> that that was very, very weird. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say with that is that my uh, youngest daughter that I took to the movie go, is that a doll, the guy I just saw? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She did say yeah. that. I was like, yeah, that is a doll. She said that <laughs> super loud, too. <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't know how to explain it to her. Uh. Yes, a replica doll that was not the actual one. Yeah, Bulio was uh, was was interesting. Next, I have Aki Aki babies. So, uh, what I just found out also is that uh, Vanessa Marshall, who is Hera uh, on Rebels, also did the laughs for the Aki Aki babies. They were not cute, I wouldn't say, but their laughs were cute. So it's kind of hard to to figure out if we like these things or not yeah didn't mind them Uh, i've never seen them before in the universe or i just don't remember seeing them but you know uh, they weren't cgi'd so i like that about it so they were weird and they were watching a puppet show too on pasana so that was good speaking of puppets the puppet 
driving Lando on Passant, the we get it for about two seconds or like about a second. Lando says something like, Hey, get us out of here or take us somewhere and then you get the shot to the front of this like cab or something, whatever they're in, of this like Grover Muppet almost looked like. And he just says, Okay, and closes the door and that's all we get of him. I just thought like I don't even think I caught it the first time or if I did I just like immediately forgot it. But like every time I see it I'm just waiting for that part because I just think it's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I've seen it twice, and I don't remember remember it. So I need to see it again, looking for that one spot. So good. Then we get C three PO in a coat on Kajimi. So he's with them all. They're not to keep warm, as I first thought the first time I saw him. Like, why is he in a coat? He can't feel if it's cold. But yes, obviously to blend in with uh, with everybody. Yeah, I agree. It's good. Like I said, it's good to see him out, got out and about in a mission. Then let's see, Babu Frick. We covered no shirt. Uh, John Williams cameo. I thought that was really cool. Uh, John Williams had a patch over one eye, but he was the bartender. I thought it was neat that they got him in, into one of the movies. Yes, hundred uh, percent agree. Uh, his he de- he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, he created a lot of this universe for us. Let's see. Next is the ape putting together Kylo's helmet. And that entire scene just was so out of left field. And the fact that it was an ape doing it and we didn't get any explanation was hilarious. First thing I thought was that was um, Andy Serkis as the, uh, the Caesar Caesar from Planet of the Apes. The chin like looked exactly like it. That's the first thing I was like, is that Caesar from Planet of the Apes? We didn't uh, hear a name. I know it's in the visual. So did you know that? in the visual dictionary his name is brad i did not know that brad is his name okay so see uh, okay <laughs> brad all right well it's, it's species that we've, we've never seen i love the introduction of introduction of new species or or maybe we've seen them and i just don't remember them again uh seeing so much star wars content but <laughs> uh, yeah it was a weird put back together of the mask for whatever reason his name is not brad by the way but it was on twitter uh, i fall at manny boffins on twitter and he photoshopped it and it was one of those things that was so outlandish that i thought it could be true so i asked hey is it really is that real and, and then someone else chimed in and said yeah it's real and so i just took it i was like wow i was like they really should have had kylo saying thanks brad after after he got done and walked out but no he has a different name and i just cannot remember right now Palpatine's machine that moves him around. What was going on there? I'm guessing that's some sort of life support. And who's controlling it? Is he controlling it with with his mind? Will we ever know? Yeah, it's a backstory. We have. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they. I mean, the Palpatine arc has been. You know, it's a movie. It's a Skywalker saga. But Palpatine obviously has been a part of. You know, really of seven of the nine. Technically, now we know all nine. I guess. Thief Snoke the whole time. Yeah, like there's got to be a story on what happened after he fell down the uh, arc reactor. Was his cloning? Um, are we going to get that from the Mandalorian and why they need Baby Yoda, which you hope to talk about soon, by the way. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that arm is. Is he too weak that he can't walk? Uh, I don't know why he can't just be sitting in a back to tank or something. I don't I don't I don't know, but yeah, we'll I'm sure we'll find. We'll get explained it at some point. 
we'll see. Uh, and then the last thing I have here is that shot where we see Pride's body blasted out of the Star Destroyer. So it kind of it was almost taking the shot of Captain Kennedy from the Last Jedi and like showing what would happen because we kind of get that last smug look from Kennedy and the Last Jedi before the ship blows up. But in this one, we see Pride running towards the window, and then we literally see his little tiny body flying out of the Star Destroyer. I didn't notice it the first time I watched it and was happy that I saw it the second time because I did notice it that time when he ran to the... I, I, well, I, I think I might have turned to you and said, you seem to get blown through that window or the second time that we saw it. But yeah, it, uh, a good, a very good scene and a good, fitting into a, a good character. Yeah, he got, he got the ending he deserved. I liked Pride a lot through this movie. But yeah, that's all on, my, on our hyperspace jumping section. So... Thanks for coming along. If you've made it this far, again, congratulations. Uh, We've been itching to talk about this movie for a while. A lot of good, a lot of stuff we're still iffy on, but it's all Star Wars and a lot of fun. So, Nick, do you want to tell the people where they can find you on Twitter? I don't even know my my Twitter handle. Peroni Peroni, uh, I believe. That's P-I-E-R-O-N-I twice. At Peroni Peroni. Peroni Peroni. Mm-hmm. And I am at 8TB24 on Twitter. You can find me on there quite a bit talking about Star Wars. Uh, also, we created one for our uh, show as well. It's at Force Time Pod on Twitter. So you can follow us there. But yeah, thanks for coming along and listening to us chat about The Rise of Skywalker. And may the Force be with you. Yeah.